Okay, I want to, uh, a few things I just want to mention before we pray over the offering and then have our, uh, our wonderful guests come up and share with us this morning. Uh, so a couple things is two weeks from now, uh, so not the following Sunday, but two Sundays from now, uh, we have in uh, as a guest speaker, Pastor Jack Grobleski. Uh, he is from One Focus Network. There's his picture behind me. Uh, you can see him. Uh, we call him Grubby. Uh, he was our pastor growing up. Liz and I, he was our pastor growing up, and he is one of the executive directors of One Focus Network. And I had mentioned that a couple times about how our church is joining One Focus Network, how it's an apostolic resourcing network. And what that basically means is they just provide us resources. They help us. They encourage us. They coach us. They call us. We're on, actually, Sid's on a worship call, I think, once a month or so. I'm on a senior pastor call that we do once a month, and we just share what's going on, our struggles. We pray for each other. So it's an amazing time. So he's going to come talk a little bit about One Focus Network, and then he's going to, I told him to share whatever God has placed on his heart. And of course, we believe he's an amazing, we love him as a preacher and as a teacher. Uh, We sat under him, and he actually married us he did our premarital counseling. So in actuality, he probably knows more about us than any of you do, <laughs> which is a little scary, right? So we're, I don't know what stories he's going to share up here or what he's going to say about us because uh, he knew us growing up, right? We were, in, we were in the youth group in his church, you know what I mean? So, uh, but we're really excited. So I just encourage you two weeks uh, to come back to hear more about one Focus Network, and then uh, he's going to share a great message, I'm sure. Uh, so the other testimony I have uh, is anybody see a construction trailer out there? Yeah, what's going on with that, right? So LCA is expanding. Amen. LCA, if you don't know what that is, that is the school that is part of our church here. It's pre-K through eighth grade. And we are actually building additional classrooms upstairs on the second floor because we've got so many students that we don't have the classroom space currently to hold them. So give God a hand for that. It's an amazing thing. In fact, when we designed the building, well, when the team designed the building many years ago, it was made to have three additional classrooms up there uh, on the second floor. And so we're actually taking that the design was already there and then putting that wall up and having three additional classrooms. So first and second grade is actually going to be split because there's so many kids uh, that are applying. So we're up to 95 students registered for next year. We're believing for a minimum of 100. Uh, and I don't believe we've ever been, the first number I don't think ever was a nine. Uh, we've been in the 80s quite a bit over the course of the school. But we're in, we're in the 90s and we're believing for at least that first number to be a one with a couple zeros after it. Amen? So continue to believe for that. It's exciting things that are going on. Uh, for offering scripture, I have First Chronicles 29. First Chronicles 29, verse 12, and it says this, both riches and honor come from you. Church, come on. Both riches and honor come from him. All that we have comes from him. The breath that we, we breathe in is from him. The oxygen we get is from him. It is all from him. And it says this, and you reign over all. Guys, he reigns over all of it, whether or not we allow him to reign over it or not. So it's a time that we as a church just continue to just trust in him, in our finances, in our marriages, in our friendships, with our children, with our grandchildren, with all of it. We trust in him because he rules and reigns over it all. It says, in your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Verse 13 
Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Amen? Let's pray over our offering. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working in our church. We thank you that every bill is paid in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you are reducing that debt in Jesus' name as we see that chart on the wall. Father, we just thank you for more and more squares to be uncovered, Lord, as you reduce the debt that we have on this building, Lord. We thank you that you are moving and working, and we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chet. Okay, I want to just do a quick introduction uh, of our guest speaker uh, Reverend Marilyn Newbauer, she is an amazing minister of God. She has amazing testimonies that we know because, you know, you have been coming to ECF for many, many years. Uh, we didn't have you last year, but I think two years ago you were here. Uh, and so we're just so excited to what you're going to share with us this morning. Uh, I just do want to mention, we, she does have a product table that's available after church out in the lobby. And Elle, Ellie, who did our announcements, wherever she is, she'll be at that table. So just look for uh, Elle in the lobby. Uh, it's right when you walk out. There's a product table out there, and you can purchase things, credit card or cash, actually, or check, right? I think any of the three ways uh, has her. But she's got amazing books out there. Um, the, the healing, the bar, the, the bar what's it called? Uh, the, power the power bar. She's got a power bar that she developed, and you think, you know, I like to eat a lot, uh, especially like power bars, you know, a lot of protein. I love protein. But what she has is this power bar of the healing scriptures and all these things, and I keep it actually in my work bag, uh, and I take it around with me everywhere I go, and when I need a healing scripture or a promise of God regarding healing, I open up. It's on the front zipper. I open it up. I reach in there. I find it's like a little business card holder, it looks like. I pull out my, pull out my power bar, and I have it ready to go, and just it's an encouraging thing. So with all that, let's welcome Dr. Marilyn Neubauer. I'm doing good. Well, good morning, everyone. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, Pastor uh, Jason and Liz, for having me come back. And it's great to see Pastor Jim and Pam. And I just saw them last week up at our retreat up in Connecticut. So just good to be a part of the family, isn't it? Amen. So can you all hear me okay? Amen. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. I do want to mention just a couple of things before I get into the Word, and I know you're going to love the Word of God this morning, but this is a little power bar that Pastor Jason is talking about, but there's a scripture card in the back also uh, for prayer, but you, can, you look at all these healing scriptures, and if you're struggling with something, there's a prayer in the back. Let me see it in here, and it, it has a blank space in there, but it says spirit of, and then whether it's migraine headaches or cancer, whatever it is, spirit of, you just name that. And then it says, in the name of Jesus, I pull you down for your position of authority. I break the power of assignment you have against me, for it is written. And then you pull out that one healing scripture, if it's just one that really bears witness with you, it is written, and then you take the medicine. And that's how you apply these, uh, that daily power bar. I have another... Uh, this is a new item. I don't think I had it when I was here last time, but it call, it's called the battle card because the battle is the Lord's, amen? And so this is what it says. The battle is the Lord's. Therefore, talking about the Lord, Lord, you deliver me from the snare of the fowler. You deliver me from unreasonable attacks. 
You break down that wall of separation. You laugh at the plots of the wicked. You give me wisdom and knowledge. You enlighten my understanding. You make a way in the wilderness. You know, he's the way maker, isn't he? Where there seems to be no way, he is the way maker. You multiply my seed sown. You rebuke the devourer for me. You give me angelic assistance. It talks about all the things that the Lord does for us. One of the many, many things that he does for us. And then it says, therefore, I will enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. And then on the back side, there's numerous praise scriptures. And it just fits perfect in your Bible, but it's just that constant reminder, reminder that he fights our battles. Amen. We just have to trust in him like Ellie was saying. It's, it, we just trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not half the heart, but all of the heart. And then I want to mention, this is my latest book. It's called My Three Miracles the journey. And I do have some very powerful, powerful miracles. Being healed of cancer, miraculously healed of cancer, raised from my deathbed from malaria, how I went from only hours left to live to an instant miracle, and then how I was uh, raised from my deathbed from malaria. But it talks about, it talks about the journey. It's not, it, it, all three miracles are listed in this book. But it doesn't just tell about the miracle. It tells about the journey. Because you, there's going to be a journey. There's a journey. And so we need to know how to get through the journey. And then I have, on one chapter, I have actual illustrations. This is how God taught me to receive healing. And there's multiple pages in here with illustrations about the spirit, soul, and body and about how to receive healing. And I have, I'm getting numerous testimonies from the book. But this one was written from one of the former deans of Ramah. And I'll just read part of it. But he said, This morning I started to read your book, but I had to stop. I I only lacked six pages from being finished, but I had to stop to write you this note. Reading this book has changed my life. Few books have I ever read so diligently. The scriptures and you sharing your your journey, your experiences, has meant so much to me personally. And there's more to it, but it just... It's just a powerful book that we're just getting numerous, numerous testimonies. And then this is a very old book. This is my copy, so it's very tattered and torn. <laughs> but it's called My Daily Delight in the Lord. And, you know, when you have take that time to spend time with the Lord, you develop intimacy with him. And that's the key thing is having that intimate relationship with the Lord as you as you. Uh, fellowship with him on a daily basis. And in the very first chapter, it talks about developing intimacy. And then as you are intimate with the Lord, you receive more and more and more impartation from him. But then it also talks about that you can block intimacy. But the next section talks about how to remove the blockages so that you can stay in that intimate relationship with him. So all those items are on the back table out there. I'm also starting to do some personal coaching and group coaching on healing. And uh, in those, those sessions, there's a sign-up sheet on the back table, but there will be some Q&A times in those sessions. And also you will have the privilege of calling me one-on-one if you want to talk to me personally for me to pray with you on a specific situation. So uh, you can sign that up, and you sign up. You're not signing up for the class, but you're signing up to get more information about the class. Amen? So, Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Lord, I pray that your word 
truly will take deep heart into every person's life, that they'll never be the same again, that you would open our eyes to see and to hear and to receive all that you have for us. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, for apart from him we can do nothing. So we thank you for your spirit today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Do you know that in all the situations and challenges that we can have in life, that there's only, only five areas in mankind's life, mankind's life where you can have a challenge? There's only five areas of need. Spirit, soul, body, financial, and social. Every need that you have will be under one of those five characters, uh, one of those five uh, traits. But the message that I have for you today, if you will grab hold in your heart what this message is telling you today, you can learn to receive victory in every one of those areas, whether it's healing, whether it's for a financial breakthrough in a relationship, whatever it is. So I just challenge you to open your heart to everything that the Holy Spirit has for us today. Amen. So I've titled this message, and I think it's very apropos for uh, this time that we're in, but it's called Kingdom Culture. We hear a lot about culture today, don't we? Well, we're going to look at Kingdom Culture today. And, um, you know, I have been preaching the gospel for many, many years, and for the past 25 years, I have been ministering to over... 50 countries. And as I travel to these countries, I am exposed to many different cultures. And the language is a very vital part of each one of these cultures. And for me to communicate with these people, I can only communicate with them through the language of their own culture. And so in doing so, it is very critical that I have an excellent interpreter so that I can truly communicate with these people. So I'm going to show you some slides this morning because I think these pictures will really strengthen the message that I have for you today. So Glenn, if we can look at that first slide. I don't know if we have to dim the lights, but can you see these? And if you need to move up closer so that you can see this, you can get up out of your seat and move up closer, but... This first slide is the African culture. I think you can probably pretty well guess that just looking at the picture, right? So in Africa, the picture on the left, these men are all dressed. It looks like it's kind of a reddish-orange color. They even have it on their hair. Well, these are African warriors in the area of Maasai land. And so they have taken a mixture of goat's fat, goat's blood, and goat's milk. And they mix it all together, and they rub it all over their body. That is kind of like, I guess you could say, their military uniform, because these are warriors. Well, you can see their culture is quite different than our military uniform, amen? But these are warriors. And then the next, you can see off to the side, there's a mud hut. Now, in Maasai land, they do live in mud huts. When you move up closer into Nairobi areas, 
they have just stick huts where you can see right through the house. But in Maasai land, they are made of mud and other combinations of things. <laughs> but uh, they have to have more enclosure because of the animals. They're more exposed to wild animals and other tribes that do warring. So that's the type of house that you would see in Maasai land. Now, throughout many parts of Africa, they do speak Swahili. But in Maasai land, they speak uh, Maasai, Maasai language. And so when I'm preaching over there, I actually have to have two translators. One translates me from English into Swahili, and then from Swahili into Maasai. So now I have two interpreters. So it's very critical that both these interpreters are very, very accurate, and that we can communicate very well to the people in Maasai land. And I have written there, Yesu Anakapende, and that is Swahili, and that says, Jesus loves you. Let's look at the next slide. This is in the mountain ranges of Guatemala. I was ministering up there in orphanages uh, 10 hours above Guatemala City. So it took us uh, 10 hours to get up to these orphanages. And we had 600 children. They were located in five different areas. Uh, one time we even had to travel eight hours on horseback. So when I took my team with them, I said, it would behoove you to do some horseback riding before you come with me because we will not be on Tennessee walkers, but rather we're going to be borrowing some old gray mares from the local farmers. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? After eight hours, not one person was saddle sore. I mean, that was a miracle just in itself. <laughs> so, but up there, you can see that first top picture. These women are sitting on the floor. I hope you can see the pictures okay. But uh, they're sitting on the floor, and they have these colored uh, pails and, and buckets, and they have to carry their water into this uh, building that we were having because we had a feeding program up there. And so we're feeding the children, and afterwards, these women are helping to wash the dishes. And they are sitting on the floor, and they are smiling because that's just a part of their culture to sit on the floor and do dishes. Now, if I had to go home this afternoon and sit on the floor to do my dishes, I don't know if I would be smiling after I carried in the water. But that's just a part of their culture. And then, you know, we can uh, go to a farmer's market, and usually they have things set up on their tables. Well, they don't have tables. Everything is uh, on the floor with uh, just blankets, and, and that's just a part of their culture. And then uh, many parts, like they speak Spanish, but up in this region, they don't speak Spanish. They speak a language called K'iche. And so now I have two translators up there, from English to Spanish, and then from Spanish into K'iche. So again, I have two translators, and it's very critical that I communicate with the people in that language. So I have to have excellent interpreters. And of course, in Spanish, Gloria a Dios. I'm sure you know that means glory to God. Amen. So let's look at the third picture. This is up in the Arctic. I was preaching up there in the Arctic with the Eskimos. Uh, they do have cold weather. We actually had a heat wave of 50 below one day. And they opened their windows, and I thought, that does not compute with me on my heat wave days. <laughs> you know? Open the windows. And the children came out for a recess, 50 below heat wave. I thought, all I could think about was, well, bloom where you're planted, I guess, <laughs> you know. And so the lady on the, t on the top right there, she's all dressed up in her mukluks, and they use whale skin, and whale, they eat whale. Matter of fact, the students wanted me to have a snack with them one day, and they wanted me to eat some whale. And I said, oh, no, thank you. And they said, oh, no, try it. You'll like it. Well, I tried it, and I did not like it. First of all, it's gray, and that just kind of turned me off. But I, I did try it, 
And, uh, but it was great teaching uh, at the Bible school up there and teaching in the churches. But the, the people dress very colorful because they, have, they use the whale skin and a lot of other things. It's, they're very creative. Their clothes are very, very pretty. And then the middle picture is a lady. She's kneeling down at a one-man igloo. Now, when I went to Bible school in Tulsa, we all had to move to Tulsa to go to Bible school. Well, it's the same with these students. If they're going to go to Bible school, they have to move to where the Bible school is in this village. Well, this person, she moved there from her home. But her home was in the North Pole. Her name is Susie. And I said, Susie, you are the first person that I've ever met that lived in the North Pole. And I laughed and I said... I just thought only Santa Claus lived up there. She said, oh, no, we're all up there with Santa Claus. We have a big family igloo. <laughs> I thought, oh, my. But she said, I just wanted you to see what a one-man igloo looks like. And then, bottom picture there, I am on my first and last dog sled ride. <laughs> I knew how to tell the horse to, whoa, but I wasn't sure about the dog, you know. <laughs> but um, it was, it was kind of fun. I mean, it was an experience. Matter of fact, I was just talking to some people last week about going back to the Arctic but um, if I do, I would do another dog sled ride. But um, the language that they speak up there is called Anuktatuk. Anuktatuk. And there's some, it looks like a little sign underneath that word, Anuktatuk. Well, that's their language in written. It's, it's a sign language. And that is the title of a song. And that word right there says, I surrender all. So you can see I'm exposed to many different cultures and many different languages, and it's so vital that I communicate with these people in the language of their own culture. you all understand what I'm talking about today? Now we're going to look at another slide. Now let's just imagine I'm going to go back to the Arctic, and perhaps some of you would like to go with me. So let's look at the next. Maybe we can go in the summertime, Pastor Jason. Now let's look at the next slide. Now so here we are back in the Arctic, and... Um, we're going to decide to have an evangelistic crusade, and we're also going to build some homes for the Eskimos. So one afternoon after we've been there about 10 days, the Eskimo comes out to look at the new home that we built, and she sees a mud hut. Well, that does not compute with her. There's no way she's going to move into that mud hut living in the Arctic. And then we're having the evangelistic crusade, and my translator begins to translate me into Spanish instead of Anuktatuk. Not one person is going to understand one word I've said. Therefore, not one person will respond to the altar call because I am not communicating with them in the language of their own culture. So this entire trip will be 100% a complete failure. The reason is we have mixed the culture. You cannot mix cultures and expect it to be a profitable situation. Let's look at the next slide. Heaven has a culture. Heaven's culture, wonderful culture. Eternal life, a victorious life, justification, Joy, praise, deliverance, set free, peace of mind, agape love, healing and wholeness, financial prosperity, favor with God and man. This is a part of heaven's culture. It's a part of kingdom culture. And kingdom culture has its own language. It's called the language of faith. And the language of faith always says 
it is written. That is the language of kingdom culture. And now we also have the world's culture. Let's look at the next slide. The world's culture, eternal death, defeat, condemnation, worry, confusion, fear, anxiety, negative attitudes, anger, hatred, sickness, disease. You could even include COVID-19. That's all the part of the world's culture. And the language of the world is fear, doubt, and unbelief. Always, always negative. That is the language of the world's culture. Now let's look at one more slide. I want you to see how easy it is for us to mix our culture. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And for us to live a victorious life and live according to kingdom culture, we're going to have to participate and cooperate with the culture of our own citizenship. We are citizens of heaven, amen. So we need to cooperate with kingdom culture. Otherwise, you can be saved, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, but you can live a defeated life if you are living a life with a mixed culture. If you're saved, but you're operating under the world's culture, you've got a mixed culture, amen. You understand what I'm talking about? So let's just take a look. How do we mix our culture, and sometimes we don't even realize it. Well, first of all, we come to church, we're having a wonderful, wonderful service, and we've got great prayer meetings going on, we've got youth classes going on, uh, we're just very happy we've come to church, we have great healing testimonies, I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. And then Monday, Monday comes. Well, some people have to go to work on Monday. I can remember when I was just out of college and I had my first job and it was a, in, a, in a, the set marketplace, a secular job. And on Mondays, everybody talked about, oh, it's a blue Monday. Anybody ever hear that phrase, blue Monday? And then on Friday, it was TGIF. Thanks goodness, it's Friday. But all week long, it was just a blue, blue work day. But do you know heaven's culture has no blue Mondays? There are no blue Mondays in heaven's culture. But when you're on your job and you're maybe working with uh, people that are not saved and they start talking negative and they start talking, oh, it's a blue Monday, and maybe they start complaining about everything about the job, and you pretty soon, you come into agreement. Oh, yeah, it's a Monday. I can't wait till it's Friday. Oh, yeah, the boss is this, the boss is that, and, you know, you're complaining about this and complaining about that. What have you done? You've just switched over into the world's culture. And now you're on their level. And you're participating in the world's culture, not kingdom culture. And so I would encourage you when it's lunchtime or you have your break time, you get out of the building, you go sit in that car and you listen to your Pandora and you turn on that worship music, you start praying in the Holy Ghost and you start building yourself up and you get right back into kingdom culture. Because you start playing around, you can't be, have kingdom culture and the world's culture operating at the same time. You will be defeated. You see how easy? Without even thinking about it, we can mix our culture. And then we have justification and a condemnation. We have been justified. We have been made the righteousness of God. We, that, is, that is a position that we have with God. But, you know, sometimes the devil wants to remind you of maybe past mistakes, 
and you start getting old, you feel so much condemnation and you start feeling worry. Worry about this and worry about that. Now you're thinking, well, now you're not worthy of this and you start just feeling so negative about yourself and you're going to start being defeated. I can remember years ago, um, many, many years ago, uh, there was some famous boxing match. It was world-renowned. I don't know, it was Muhammad Ali. I don't know who it was. Back, I didn't know who these people were. But my brothers and my dad were all going to watch this boxing match. Matter of fact, the whole world is going to be focusing on this boxing match. And I thought, well, we just have one TV. I guess I'll just go watch TV with my family and we'll watch the boxing match. And I'm um, not into boxing, although I do like Rocky. I do like Rocky. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, he's a Christian now, so now I really like Rocky. But anyway, so we're watching this boxing match, but before they started the match, they showed the interview of both these boxers that took place the day before. And both of those boxers, they're just hollering out those threats, what they're going to do on that, in that boxing ring. They're going to knock that guy out and punch him and stomp all. I mean, you know how they do. They're just hollering out these horrible negative threats. They're both doing it, just making these no negative threats of what they're going to do. And then they have the boxing match. And then it's over. And now they're going to interview both boxers again. And, of course, they interview the winner, the champion, first. But then they interview the one that lost the match. And they asked him, at what point did you realize you lost the match? Round two, round five, what, when did you realize you lost the match? And he said, I realized I lost the match, but it wasn't in the ring. I lost the match yesterday when I listened to his threats. He said, I should never have listened to those threats. He said, the threat defeated me, not the punch. Shouldn't, don't ever listen. Those threats are going to come. You give them no place. Don't listen to those threats. And then joy and praise. And, you know, we need to keep our joy level high. And you choose. You choose to be happy. You don't even though the situation might be bad. I mean, I can remember a situation in my life. It was the saddest experience of my life. But every day and every night I went outside and I was praising the Lord with tears streaming down my cheeks. And I just praised the Lord. Just looked up at that sun, I mean at the moon. I said, Lord, I praise you. I praise you for the blood. Your blood never loses its power with tears streaming down my cheeks. Because the Bible says you have to offer sometimes. It's a sacrifice of praise. But you do it because it's for our benefit. So we have to keep that joy level high. Even when you don't feel like it, even if it's a sacrifice, you keep the joy level active at all times. Worry, anxiety, maybe you lost your job. Maybe last year you lost your job. Maybe the refrigerator broke and then the kids got sick. Pretty soon you're having a pity party. And what is it? Woe is me. Well, you know what? Jesus doesn't come to pity parties. You're all alone. You don't want to be without Jesus, so there's no time to be having a pity party. Then peace of mind versus fear, confusion. I mean, I am just, I don't even know what word to describe how I feel about when I've seen the level of fear hit this nation. And the level of fear through believers. Actually, there's a difference between being a believer and being a Christian. A believer believes the word. A Christian is someone who's born again. 
But a believer goes beyond and believes the word. If you believe the word, you know, you, you can't be given place to fear. There is no fear with God. We cannot give place to all these negative reports. And if you get sick, what does the Bible say? That your health is restored speedily. Yes, you might get sick, but your health can be restored speedily. And no weapon formed against you, it will not prosper even if the attack comes, you know, because you will get sick from time to time because we're, we're living in a, in a cursed world, amen? But we have the victory. The devil is under our feet. No weapon formed against us will prosper. My health is restored speedily, amen? So you just stay on the victory side to stay with your kingdom culture, amen? And you won't be defeated. And then you have the love walk. You know, faith only works by love. We have to stay in the love walk at all times. Uh, you know, it says in Mark eleven twenty three, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be a cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that those things that he saith will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to speak to a mountain to cast down every attack of the enemy whether it's a lack of finances, whether it's sickness or disease, whatever it is, we have that power. But then it says in Mark eleven twenty five. but if you have ought against any, forgive, or your heavenly Father can't forgive you. If we don't have faith to forgive just one offense, you will never have faith to move a mountain. You will not have faith to move a mountain if you cannot forgive at least one offense. So we have to have that love walk active at all times. You know, it says in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you can also say it like this, I, I, have, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to love and to forgive. He gives you that strength to forgive the unforgivable. Amen? It's not an option. It is not an option. And then submission. You know, submission is not restriction. It's protection. When you submit to your past and you submit to the word of God, it protects you from false doctrine. Amen. So we want to always be willing to submit. Negative attitudes. Negative attitudes, they'll just destroy you. You know, I was mentioning about offense. You know, in Psalms 119, verse 165, it says, Great peace have they who take no offense. You have peace when you take no offense. Powerful scripture, Psalms 119, verse 165. And then healing. We have a covenant of healing. Healing belongs to us. It is a part of our covenant. Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes you are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. And I've said this a million times. If the Bible says you are healed and you were healed, then, honey, you is. You is healed because it says you are and you were. Well, there's nothing else in between but is. Amen. So you have to grab hold of what the word of God says. That is a part of your culture, that you are the healed of the Lord. Amen. So you have to grab hold of that. But can you see how easy it is to mix your culture? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the first thing he's going to do is steal the word from you. And if he steals the word, he can steal your confidence in the word. And then the devil has an open door just to come and steal and destroy you. Amen. So we've got to be so careful that we stay filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Is this helping you this morning? 
kind of help because if you can see how easy it is to switch over to the world's culture, when you realize how easy it is, you need to just to snip it in the bud. You know, I used to, I grew up in Nebraska, and I had a huge garden because I lived out on a two-acre, uh, two-acreage, and I loved my garden. I loved my homegrown tomatoes. Oh, I tell you what. <laughs> but when I planted my garden and when I planted my tomato plants, after I was all finished, I would look back and make sure that row is really straight. But usually there'd be at least one or two plants that were not straight, straight in alignment. So you know what I did? I went over and I just pulled up that tomato plant and I just, hmm, made a little tweak and put it right back in line. So now I had a perfect straight line. All I had to do was just uproot it. Well, when you start mixing your culture and you catch yourself because the Holy Spirit will, he's alive on the inside of you and he'll say, beep, 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 shouldn't have said that, don't say that, don't go there. So when that red light goes off, I need to make a tweak. So immediately you just repent of that negative thing that you just said for, for lining up with the world's color. Whoop! I uproot that by repenting. Say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for what I just said. I'm uprooting those negative words, and I'm just moving over, and this is what is written. And then to just speak what is written. Because we're not perfect. We're going to miss it. So when we say the wrong thing, just uproot it, repent of it, and then say, this is what is written about my situation. You see, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And when it talks about your testimony, there, it's not talking about you sharing when you got saved. It's talking about what is your testimony about the situation you're in right now. In other words, it's what your words have to line up with what the word of God says about your, about your situation, spirit, soul, body, financially, or socially. Just one of those five things. Just make it line up. Amen? So we don't want to mix our culture. Now turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter... Thank you, Glenn, for helping me. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Matthew 6, verse 9. Matter of fact, as I'm taking a drink of water, this reminds me of something. I mentioned the spirit of fear from a moment ago. This is a bottle of water. Now, let's just imagine it's a real hot day. I'm very thirsty, and I'm, I want a big gulp of water. And I don't think what's left in here is going to quench my thirst. So I want a full glass of water. So I want to fill it up. But maybe I don't have access to any more water, so, but I want it full. So I'm going to just, oh, I'll just pour some Clorox in there. Whoa. Now, is that water pure now? Am I going to drink that water? No way. Well, maybe I'll just drink, but I just want the pure, the pure part to come out. Is that going to work? No, because that Clorox has now filtered through. It has contaminated that water. That water is no longer pure. Now, you might think that you've got faith in four areas, but you've got fear in this one other area. That fear in that one area it's going to contaminate all the others because it's faith. So that fear will contaminate your faith in all the other areas. You might think you're strong in those areas, but if you've got, you cannot have fear in any area. Fear not. Fear not. 365 times in the Bible it says, fear not. So if you have fear in just one area, 
I don't care if it's COVID or whatever it is. You cannot have fear in one area and think it's not going to contaminate the others. You following me? So we give no place to fear. And if you've got fear rising up on the inside of you, you start building yourself up. Jude 20, you build yourself up in the Holy Ghost. And you pray in the Spirit. You listen to worship music. You dance around the house. You do whatever you have to do to get out of that spirit of fear. And you get back into praise. Amen. Get back into kingdom culture. Amen. So it's, we have to do this because the devil wants to steal and destroy from us. Amen. But we have a responsibility responsibility to apply and to be a doer of the word of God. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's only going to happen through the language of heaven's culture. Only through the language of faith can we bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth. So the language of faith has access to the kingdom of heaven and brings it into the earth. And all we have to do is just speak the language of faith. So if we want to experience God's will on the earth, we have to adapt to the language of our own culture. Once again, I can't speak Spanish in the Arctic and expect people to respond to the altar call. Amen. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose. Choose life. Who does the choosing? We do the choosing. Amen. Catherine Kuhlman once said, the only limit to the power of God lies within the individual. The only limit to the power of God lies within you and me. Proverbs 18, 20, 21. Death and life, or you could say sickness and health, riches or lack, is all in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So death is not in the power of COVID-19. Death is not in the power of cancer. Death is not in the power of, of a heart attack. Death is in the power of the tongue. Amen? Because it is written. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. The Hebrew language is very graphic. It pictures the tongue like a hand. Just like my, my hand can grab hold of this bottle. I can turn it around. I could drop it. I'm not going to drop it. But my hand has the power to grab hold of an object. I can pick up an object and I can turn it completely around. Your tongue is pictured like a hand. Matter of fact, let me give you an illustration of somebody. Can I have... um, um, Jim, can you come up and help me for a second? Are those chairs attached? Can you detach one and bring it up here really quick? Either one of you just bring it out. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to take the whole church apart today. Now watch Jason bring this chair up here. (laughs) He's bringing up this chair. Did you all watch him do that? Did he bring that chair up here with his, with his hands? I mean, with his nose? No. Did he pick it up with his feet? No, he picked it up with his hands. He literally brought that chair up here with his hands. Now, Pastor Jim, I want you to take that chair, and would you just turn it completely around, face it the opposite direction? Now, watch him. His hands are going to turn that chair completely around. In the Hebrew language, 
Life and death is in the power of the tongue. The tongue is pictured like a hand. Just like he took his hands and he turned that chair completely around. Your tongue has the power to speak to any negative situation and turn it completely around. Thank you, Pastor Jim. The power of the tongue, that's what it does. It can turn sickness and disease, lack, whatever it is. It can turn it around through the power of the tongue. It's so powerful of what we can do. Power is a force. Power can exist without being activated. So power in itself can do nothing until it is activated. It's just like faith. Faith is a force. You can have faith, faith, but it can do nothing until it is activated. Just like electricity. There's electrical power in this building. But when the last person leaves, they're going to just turn off the light switch. But they're not going to call the power company and disconnect the power. So the power will still be present, but it's not activated. So that power can't exist without being activated. So it is with faith. You have been, God has given every person a measure of faith. So faith in itself can do nothing until it is activated. If you were very, very poor and you had no shoes to keep your feet warm or to protect your feet, so I give you shoes, but you never wear the shoes, you refuse to put those shoes on, then those shoes have become absolutely useless. Would you agree they're useless? You're not going to wear them? You might as well not even have the shoes. Well, so it is with faith. If you don't use your faith, if you don't activate your faith, well, might as well not even have it because it's not going to do anything. It says here in, um, I'll just read it to you, in James chapter 2, 17, even so faith, if it does not have works, it's dead being all alone. In the Amplified, so also, also faith, if it does not have works or deeds of action of obedience to back it up, in itself, it is destitute of power. It is dead. The New Living Translation, it says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces results, it's dead, it's useless. So we have to use our faith. Amen? So we have to use it. And then it says, um, Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The phrase, its fruit, in other words, um, it, it's like a seed that's been planted. That seed will produce fruit, whether it's a negative or a positive. Seeds of truth or dishonest speech, each one will produce fruit. So don't plant what you don't want to harvest. Amen. Um, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24, it says, Put away from you a deceitful mouth and a perverse lip. What is a perverse lips? Perverse lips is the misuse of the tongue. A deceitful mouth is a mouth that speaks dishonest speech. What's dishonest speech? What's one word for dishonest speech? Yeah, a lie. There are six things that God hates. One of them is a lying tongue. 
So you can see that there, even in the church, there's sin in the camp. <laughs> so we need to uproot those negative words. It says in Proverbs 6.16, well, you know that God hates a lying tongue. You know, we are children of God. And when we have small children, we teach them not to tell lies because it's not right to tell a lie. So we teach our children not to lie. But as adults, we are still a child of God. And when we tell a lie, I can just imagine God is up in heaven saying, I wish my children would stop telling lies. You come to church, great service, healing testimonies, Monday morning kicks in, oh, my back, it's killing me. Oh, my arthritis is driving me crazy. Oh, these sinuses, oh, it's driving me crazy. What are you doing? You're telling a lie. God says, no, I said your back is healed. I said you are delivered from arthritis. I said you are delivered from allergies. So see, every time we say something, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Is your testimony from the world's culture or kingdom culture? You see how it really matters, how easy that is. But, you know, you stay sensitive and stay built up in the Holy Ghost. And you can't, you can't pray too much in the Holy Spirit. Because he is your helper, he's your revealer, he's your counselor. Every time you say something negative, beep, 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 you're going to hear the signal. You'll hear the signal. Say, oh, Lord, I repent of that right now. It is written. It is written. I'm healed of this back pain. I'm healed of arthritis. I'm healed of allergies. I'm healed of migraine headaches. You, know, you wanted to speak heaven's culture. Because our, pen is like, or our tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. We write our own destiny. Amen. Proverbs 21. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. I took a note that we sang that song this morning. What was that song that we sang? I wrote it down. Oh, I praise you with, the lip, with my lips. I will always praise you with my lips. That's exactly what you're doing when you're speaking kingdom culture. You are praising God for what has, is written. God's plan for our life can be destroyed if we can continue to speak the language of the world's culture. Proverbs 15, for a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. In closing, let me say this. The language of faith cannot be reduced to positive speaking. Positive speaking has its place, and it can motivate people. But positive speaking will never move the hand of God. Positive speaking will never move the hand of God. Only the language of faith has access to the kingdom of heaven and brings God's will into your life. Only the language of faith. So once again, I can't speak Spanish in the Arctic and expect to pe for people to respond to the altar call. Nor can I speak German in a Chinese restaurant and expect to get apple strudel. It's not going to happen. As a citizen of heaven, I cannot speak the world's language and expect heaven's results. Let me repeat that. As a citizen of heaven, I cannot speak the world's language and expect heaven's results. And... As a citizen of heaven, I do not need a translator.
because the language of faith is my native tongue. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we belong to heaven's culture. We belong to kingdom culture. And I pray, Father God, that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts. That the moment we begin to tap into something that belongs to the world's culture, that you would immediately quicken us, that we can uproot that negative seed and speak from our kingdom culture. Speak from the culture that we belong to. So we thank you for that, Father God. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And Lord, if there's anybody here today, and if if you don't belong to heaven's culture, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, that is the greatest miracle you'd ever have. There's no miracle that supersedes coming into being a child of God where your, your spirit is immediately translated from the kingdom of darkness and comes into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you become a citizen of heaven and the Lord comes to live into your heart, you are guaranteed two things. One, you are guaranteed that when you leave this earth, you will instantly be in the presence of the Lord and you will live with God throughout all eternity in heaven. But the second thing that you are guaranteed while you are on this earth The Holy Spirit will live and abide and be in you. He will be your constant helper, your strengthener, your counselor, your standby. He will be with you every breathing moment while you are on this earth. Every time you start to do something wrong, he'll just quicken you to help you, help you to line up to be in the proper position to receive the blessings of God. So if that's you today and you've never prayed that prayer, It's the easiest prayer you can pray. All you have to do is believe, believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead for you. If you simply believe that, all you have to do is pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. And he will come in immediately. And he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So everyone close your eyes for just a moment and And if that's you today and you've never prayed that prayer, you know you're not a citizen of heaven, but you can be today. Just lift up your hand. No one's looking around but just me. If there's anybody here at all, you've never, never prayed that prayer. Anybody at all? Or perhaps you've prayed that prayer, but you have drifted aside and and, uh, you want to come back into fellowship. You want to come back into that place of intimacy with him. He loves you so much, so much. If you want to come back in fellowship with him, just lift up your hand. If you've, you've drifted away, anybody at all, you know, let's just pray that prayer together corporately. Let's just, just refresh our salvation. Can we do that? And if, if you've never prayed that prayer, but you're doing it right now, I just want you to share that with Pastor Jason or, or someone in, in the church. But Father God, and just repeat after me, Dear Father God, I do believe that Jesus is your son that he died on the cross for me. And I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Teach me your ways. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. And I choose this day to turn my back on those things that have been distracting, 
and I choose to walk with you. I choose to be a part of kingdom culture. So come into my life today. I receive you as my Savior, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Jason, you want me to turn this over to you and then later come back and pray for the sick? Or? Yeah, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay, okay. Let's do that. All right. Thank you, Marilyn. Wow. What a great message. I took a lot of notes. I took a picture of, your, <laughs> of the slide that you had up there as well. Uh, so here's what I think we should do uh, this morning. Uh, a couple things. One, uh, if you want to, well, Ellie's going to be out at the table in the lobby, so there is going to be product out there that you can purchase some of the things that she talked about, as well as if you want to bless uh, Marilyn Neubauer's ministry in a financial way, uh, you can do that as well. Just fill out an offering envelope here before you head out today, and there's a there's a space there called guest speaker, and you can just write that in there. We'll know who it is, and there's a box to the left-hand side of the door, the slots in the top of the box. You can just drop your offering envelope in there as we go. But what I'd like to do is I'm going to say a benediction. I'm going to dismiss uh, the congregation. But if you need prayer for healing for any any way, shape, or form, I'd ask that you come up here. Uh, those who are leaving, try to be respectful. You know, try not to create too much uh, stirring or chaos while people are being prayed for up front. But I do want the opportunity, especially you kids, Listen to me, kids. Don't be running around this morning. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. Today's one of those days where it's not. Uh, so we just want to respect those who are getting prayer up front uh, from Dr. Marilyn Neubauer. Uh, she does have a healing anointing on her. I know from testimonies from the last uh, time she was here, uh, they're there. So we want to be able to give you that opportunity. So she'll be up here to pray. Elle will be in the lobby. And I'm going to say this benediction over you guys, and you guys can be dismissed. Okay? All right. Well, let me first pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this wonderful morning. I thank you, Lord, for Marilyn. I thank you for her ministry. Father, I just speak a blessing over her. Father, supernatural safety, protection, Father God, that you are opening up new and creative avenues for her to minister the gospel around the globe. Father, I thank you for 50 countries, but I say now in the name of Jesus, it will be more. Father, I say 60, 70 countries, Lord. Father, you have big plans and purposes in store for her, Lord, and her ministry, and we just speak a blessing over it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now let me just say this. Out of 2 Thessalonians, you just received this this morning as our benediction. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Every good word and work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. If you want prayer, uh, Dr. Marilyn will be up here. Otherwise, have a wonderful week.